It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app on your iOS device today and join me Monday at noon for a little off-day Reds chat. That's Locker Room, changing the way that we talk sports. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome in to the Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you for joining me today on the show. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. I'm going to be bringing to you my thoughts on the Reds-Giants series and a wrap-up of the West Coast road trip that went just pretty much exactly as how every West Coast road trip has ever gone for the Cincinnati Reds. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some good injury news, some bad injury news, and what it all means going forward. Also some subsequent moves with that good injury news. And I also want to jump back into the past for a segment of Throwback Thursday here on this off day for the Cincinnati Reds. We're going to get into all of that here in just a minute, but I urge you, if you don't already follow the podcast, make sure you are. I'm talking each and every day about this Reds team, and this season, I firmly believe, is going to be an amazing one. It's going to be a lot of drama, a lot of excitement, and a lot of fun as much as there might be some disappointments and frustrations. This team is not perfect, but this team is very talented. We're going to be talking all season long about it, so follow the podcast. Also, follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Carr, with three Fs, and follow the show, at Locked On Reds, and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. All right, so let's let's start with this West Coast road trip. Uh, again. The Reds in the West just really don't seem to get along. I can only imagine what it was like back when they were actually in the NL West and going out West a lot more than just a couple of times a year. Thankfully, they've only got to do it in broken off little one series segments the rest of the season. And they've got one in LA later this month. They've got one out in Colorado in May. And then they've got one where they go out to San Diego in June. And that's it. And, and they don't have any prolonged series there. They they go out for one-offs and then they come back. Or they're traveling elsewise. Like with uh, the Dodgers series, they're actually going to go to St. Louis first. Then they're going to go to L.A. right after that. That's actually going to start a series of or a string of really tough games here at the end of the month for the Reds. That's why they've really got to be good on this homestand coming back. I was hoping for at least a 500 road trip out west. My expectation was for a 500 road trip out west. So, yes, they missed the expectations and they disappointed a bit. But, hey, they're still coming back to town. Tied for first place with the Milwaukee Brewers at 7-5. and five. So that's the macro. Let's look at the macro and be happy 
Let's look at some of the details now of those games. Well, some happy, some not so happy. Okay, the, the really the biggest happy, the biggest positive. Well, let's not say that a whole bunch. The biggest positive takeaway from the series ending game in San Francisco was that Tyler Malley looked phenomenal. And the biggest reason that he only lasted five innings was the defense, which we'll get to here in just a minute. But Tyler Malley looked phenomenal through those first four, and really even in the fifth, he was still executing his pitches. This was not a scenario like the other night where Luis Castillo didn't have command of his pitches. Tyler Malley was on point, stayed on the edges of the zone, mainly just fastball and slider. He only mixed in his other I believe split finger change just three times. It was just fastball slider, fastball slider, fastball slider, and he was on it. The Giants couldn't touch that stuff. And then finally, whenever they were making contact, then that's when the defense came into play, and that is not a positive. And it's something that I we all expected coming into this season was that the Reds' defense was going to be a detriment and probably – the top of our expectations for the Reds' gloves was that they would be an average defense. Depending on what fiel- what uh, fielding statistic metric you look at right now, that's exactly where they are. They're right in the middle, maybe to the bottom part of the middle of Major League Baseball. According to Fangraphs and their defensive run-save metric team-wise, they're right at zero. They're right at replacement level. They're right at, they're not helping, but they're not hurting. And that is where they're going to lose games if the lineup doesn't help them. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. A lot of people looked at that game and they said, boy, oh boy, the Reds went back to their ways of not looking good at the plate. I kind of chalked that up to Johnny Cueto being Johnny Cueto. And I know he left the game early. I heard reports it was a lat injury. I heard reports it's a back injury. I think the lat has something to do with the back, but I'm not an anatomyologist. I'm a podcaster. So, yeah, whatever. He, he left early with an injury. That looked like vintage Cueto. I think we all remember what he looked like on the mound for the Reds. That was exactly it. He was phenomenal. And then there was also a little bit of a flashback, too, with him leaving early with an injury, and that was unfortunate. Something about the Reds and Giants and, and Johnny. All right, never mind. I'm, I'm going to get myself angry just talking about that. All right, so here's the thing, though, with this game. I look at this, and I do take away some concerning trends. When the Reds need that hit, when the Reds need that run, when the Reds need that game, it's still a coin flip. And moving forward... I don't put a ton of weight on a game like that yesterday because the Reds were ready to come home and they were facing Johnny Cueto and they were not able to capitalize on some pitches and they had a couple of hits, but they were scattered and they ran into that Tyler Rogers guy again, which they don't know what to do with the fact that he has a submarine delivery and a curveball that because of the way he throws it breaks up. I don't know what to do with that. That Every time I watch that guy pitch, I'm like, wow, I am dizzy. What is happening? But on the other end of the spectrum, that can't be something that happens on the regular basis. When we're looking at a road trip or a homestand that maybe the Reds need one win to get over, maybe they're in a position later on this season where they're tied for the lead in the division. They need to get that one win. Who's going to step up? 
nobody stepped up yesterday. And that is something that, while I'm not super worried about it, it is at least concerning and in the back of my mind. So we look at that. We look at the lineup that was frustrating. The defense, like I mentioned, there were a couple of plays that you're just like, uh, it's a continuing trend where if they were just a little bit closer, if the throw was just a little bit better, if they were just a little bit faster at getting to that ball, then this doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Tyler Malley probably pitches another inning, maybe two, saves the bullpen a little bit, which, by the way, Sean Doolittle and Sal Romano did a fantastic job of shutting down the rest of the game. Even though Sal did give up that one run in the ninth, that really wasn't on him. That was a uh, rookie mistake by Jonathan India. But at the same token, you need to have that defense behind you. I don't know if it's going to get much better. I think. The fielding is what it is for the Reds at this point. So the lineup has to overcompensate. The pitching has to overcompensate. There has to be fewer days where they're off. We'll see how that develops moving forward the rest of the season. All right, we got some encouraging injury news, and we got some discouraging injury news. We're going to talk about all of that here in just a minute, but I mentioned it at the top of the podcast. Today's Locked on Reds is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about the Reds or your other favorite teams in sports. I'll be hosting rooms for Locked On Reds once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation that you listen to here each and every day. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. Go download the free Locker Room app now. Currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join me in the Major League Baseball group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live next Monday at noon for some Reds off day chatter. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Reds and what you're thinking about where the Reds are after this Indian series this weekend. I'll see you there. Locker room changing the way that we talk sports. You've heard me talk about rockauto.com and how they have all of the parts that your car will ever need. But did you know they've been doing this for over two decades? They are a privately owned company that literally has all the parts that your car will ever need. Whether you have a new car and you need like a brake light or some sort of turn signal, or if you are trying to restore an old car, They've got parts for that as well. Check them out today, rockauto.com. And when you're in the checkout section, type in the How'd You Hear About Us area locked on to let them know that your pal Jeff sent you. Rockauto.com also has an easy to use interface. So if you don't know exactly what you're looking for, they can help you find it. They've got a drop down list with all the car companies, find your make, find your model, and they'll drop down all the parts that your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com today and in the checkout section, type in locked on in the how'd you hear about us area to let them know I sent you. That's rockauto.com. And in the how'd you hear about us section, type in locked on. 
Get all your sports news from all of the sporting world in 20 minutes or less with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski scours the sporting world and brings to you the biggest news from every sport, from every team, from every player in under 20 minutes. Check out the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so let's start. Uh, let, let's talk about some injury news, the roster, and what it means for the Reds moving forward. Today, the Reds announced that officially Sonny Gray will start, I, I guess it was actually yesterday, but start on Saturday against the Indians. That's right. He's back. He officially misses probably two turns in the rotation for him, and he will begin his season this Saturday. Corresponding moves were made. Jose De Leon was sent to the bullpen. I, I thought it was interesting. I thought they might send him to Louisville to continue to keep his pitch count stretched out so that he could jump back into the rotation. I worry a little bit now that he is in the bullpen that he may not be back in the rotation. However, th- that being said, he has shown very good short stents of talent. He has shown really good pitches in short sense that might play better out of the bullpen. I still worry about his command, though, even out of the bullpen, and that's been the biggest issue with bullpen pitchers coming in and walking guys here in the past couple of games. So hopefully he doesn't just add to that problem. So Jeff Hoffman stays in the rotation. He'll be starting on Friday against the Indians. I didn't think there was a ton to separate those two guys between De Leon and Hoffman. The only thing is, with not sending Jose De Leon down, that means that a corresponding move is going to have to follow with somebody either getting sent down or somebody just getting outright cut. And as of recording, I've, I've yet to hear who that is. It might be Sal Romano, and he might make it through waivers down to Louisville at the alternate site and what is soon to be actually AAA once again here in a couple of weeks the season's going to get started so that's kind of how that move Sonny Gray returning affects the Reds roster now there was also some concerning injury news the Reds moved Michael Lorenzen to the 60-day injured list which means at the earliest he can be back is May 31st the Biggest thing with this is I've not really heard anything concrete about what's going on with him. I've seen that it's a shoulder issue, and I've seen that it's something that whenever they stopped pitching in spring training and then they started it back up again, it was still an issue. So I wonder, and this is just me speculating, I've not seen anything about this, but I wonder if it's got something to do with overworking and getting ready to be in the rotation. Maybe he just tried to over-condition his shoulder. I don't know if that's a thing you can do. But at the same token, it's concerning to see that he's going to be out so long, not only for the Reds on a team basis, but also for him personally because this is it for the Reds' team control of Michael Lorenzen. This was going to be the year that he takes that big jump, maybe gets into the rotation, and proves that he can be paid like a starting pitcher. Unfortunately, that might not be a thing. He might come back and be a stalwart for the Reds in the bullpen, but for his personal career, that may just continue to push things back. And I I appreciate the daily newsletter I get from Reds Content Plus, the morning spin. They were talking about the analysis of this injury news for him, 
and they said that it's just unfortunate that it had to happen on his contract year. It seems like for the entirety of his Reds career, they've just been figuring out what to do with him. And they still never got to a clear decision as to how they want to employ his talents on the field. And we're just going to have to continue to wait to see how that unfolds here in 2021. Hopefully, it's something that he will be ready at the earliest possible time. Now, it's not a situation where they're just like, boy, his his injury is super, super terrible. And we don't know exactly how long he's going to be out. I think that the 60-day DL more gives us a concrete timetable when we can start expecting to see him. Because think of this. He was shut down after pitching on March 28th, and then he's been trying to ramp up, trying to get back, trying to work out, trying to get ready for the season ever since then, and he's been unable to. So when he is finally given a clean bill of health, he's basically going to have to start spring training over again. So it's not that they don't think he's going to be medically ready to play until May 31st. It's that he could be medically cleared before that, He just has to go through pretty much an entire spring training all over again just to get ready for the season. So here's hoping that at the beginning of June, our man Michael Lorenzen will be back with the Reds. With him being placed on the 60-day injured list, that opens up a spot on the 40-man roster for the Reds to play with, and they played. They went and they claimed Philip Deal from the Colorado Rockies. He is a left-handed pitcher and a Cincinnati native. Might be interesting to see what he can bring to the table. He doesn't have that much major league experience. He made 16 appearances for the Rockies over the past two seasons. It's worth noting that, you know, and I'm looking at this on the morning spin saying that he hasn't allowed any runs on the road outside of Coors Field. So that's something. It's not a ton. It's kind of circumstantial, but at the same token, hopefully he can be somebody to throw into the mix. He has a minor league option, so they sent him to Louisville right off the bat. The good news is he joins the Louisville Cavalry, the guys who can switch back and forth between Louisville and here, which I think we'll start to see here pretty soon if we continue to see command and control issues from guys coming out of the bullpen. So I'm not sure what impact he's going to bring. It might be minimal, but he is a Cincinnati dude now back on a Cincinnati team. All right, coming up, I want to look at something that happened in history today for the Reds. Something It's a player that most of you are going to know pretty well because he actually played on the Big Red Machine. I want to look at his rookie year and just kind of look at some things about the man that is Gary Nolan. Coming up here in just a minute, but before we talk about that, I wanted to let you know you still got that great deal at betonline.ag to get off the bench and get in the game when it comes to sports wagering. Head on over to betonline.ag today and enter the promo code LOCKED ON to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. BetOnline has all of the best lines and odds whenever it comes to games. You can even check out their prop builder when it comes to individual games. So tomorrow, when the Reds play the Indians, they're going to have stuff like, will the Reds win and will Eugenio Suarez hit a home run? Will the Reds win and will Nicholas Castellanos get on base like three times? You can find that stuff at betonline.ag today. Set up your profile and type in the promo code LOCKEDON to get 50% added 
onto your initial deposit. That's betonline.ag and the promo code locked on. For those of you that love fantasy baseball and are trying to win your leagues, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Hosted by Scott Cullen, with his decades of experience, he also combines a data-driven approach to help you win the waiver wire today and win your league later on this season. Check out the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast wherever you get your podcasts. With it being an off day, I figured, and, and Thursday, I figured it was a good chance to do some throwback Thursday for a segment. And today just so happens that back in 1967, on April 15th, Gary Nolan made his major league debut at the age of 18. He actually struck out the side in his first inning ever. He was pitching against the Houston Astros, and the Reds won 7-3 at Crosley Field against Houston. A phenomenal way for him to start. He was only 18 years old. I, I seriously, seriously doubt we're ever going to see that again. We're, we're not going to see teenagers pitching in major league games nowadays. But he was phenomenal in six and a thirds innings. He shut down that Houston offense. And in fact, when you look at his rookie year, which we're going to do a little bit here, he finished third in rookie of the year voting. He, he was behind Tom Seaver and Dick Hughes for rookie of the year. That was one of his best years ever of his career. Some of you will remember that the next year during spring training, he kind of had some shoulder issues and it just kind of started a string of injury problems for him where he had a couple of really good years later on in his career back, you know, in, in 1970 and 71. And then with the big red machine in 75 and 76. But at the same token, it always felt like, and according to like what Saber said, and I'm sure some of you witnessed as well, that he could have been a lot better. He was a dude that in high school was getting scouted during his high school games by almost the entire league. According to Saber, upwards of 25 major league scouts would be sitting in the stands whenever he was pitching in high school. That's how good he was as a young kid. And he really showed it because as soon as he got drafted in 1966, the Reds sent him to their short season minor league team in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where he proceeded to throw 104 innings. And in those 104 innings, he had 163 strikeouts. That's pretty good. And that is why he made the rotation in 1967. In fact, in his rookie year in 1967, on June 7th, the Reds played the Giants. The Giants were really good back then. They had this dude named Willie Mays, pretty solid player. He struck out Willie Mays four times. That's right. Willie Mays, Gary Nolan. Gary Nolan wins four times in one game. And not just win, he dominated him. There was a quote from Willie Mays on Saber.com, said, or Saber.org. He said, nobody's ever done that to me before. <laughs> I, I, I don't guess not. I mean, there's a reason he's a Hall of Famer and considered one of the best players ever. But it was noted on Sabre.org, it said, during a scoreless game with two runners on in the sixth inning on June 7th against the Giants, he proceeded to strike out Willie Mays, Willie McCovey, and Jim Ray Hart. Pretty, uh, pretty solid uh, ledger there for him. He had a great rookie year. Just looking at that season, he actually led the National League in strikeouts per nine with 8.2. He had 226 
and two-thirds innings pitch. I bet he wish he could have got that one more out to get to 227. I, I feel like if I were a pitcher and I looked back on like a box score or something, I'd be like, man, what? why could I got that one more out? Just one more out to make it an even 227. He had 206 strikeouts compared to just 62 walks. You know, walks per nine of 2.5. I mean, he had the combination that every pitcher and, and every fan who, who knows what they're looking at when they look at a pitcher covet. He struck out a lot of people, and he didn't walk a lot of people. Just phenomenal strikeout to walk rate his rookie year was 3.32. In fact, that was the second best strikeout to walk rate of his entire career up until 1976 when he was just legitimately amazing at limiting walks. He had one walk per nine in 1976. That's just phenomenal. But back to his rookie year. And actually, kind of looking at before he was a rookie for the Reds, it's interesting because they sent the Reds sent Jim McLaughlin, their top scout, their top negotiator, for uh, whenever they picked him. They picked him 13th overall in the 1966 amateur draft. And McLaughlin came in to negotiate with Gary Nolan's dad, Ray. And it's funny because Ray just said, Dr. Gary, he's a grown man. So Gary actually negotiated his own rookie contract and he got a deal for 40K. It's not bad getting picked out of high school, you know, starting making 40K right off the bat. And to have a just stellar rookie year at the age of 18 to boot. In fact, a month after his debut on May 14th, almost a month after, in the second game of a doubleheader, he pitched a complete game shutout at the age of 18. And he had nine strikeouts with just two walks and five hits allowed against the Phillies. Phenomenal. And it was a one nothing shutout, too. So we always talk about, you know, what, what is a high leverage situation? What is a high stress situation for pitchers? He was pretty much pitching in one for nine innings. And he looked phenomenal. What was interesting to note, and I, I kind of mentioned about and we all know about the injury issues that he experienced shortly after his rookie season, is that the pitching coach for the Giants after the game that Gary Nolan dominated Willie Mays and was able to pitch out of that jam in the sixth, he also, the pitching coach for the Giants at the time, Larry Jansen, said with his motion, he's sure to hurt his arm. That's always you know what we talk about with good mechanics and repeatable mechanics, stuff like that. Apparently, the motion that he had early on in his career was something that kind of hurt him. But I think we can all agree that he still had a pretty solid career for the Reds and was a dominating pitcher and probably the best pitcher that the Big Red Machine had. Maybe not a probably, it's probably definitely the best pitcher that the Big Red Machine had. But we celebrate his MLB debut today, April 15th, back in 1967. Also wanted to note this real quick on the throwback thing too. Just a just a note because I I found this I found I found it interesting because I love Parks and Rec. Because back in 1921 at Redland Field, the Pirates were playing the Reds and Pirates righty Chief Yellowhorse made his major league debut against the Reds. The Pittsburgh picture was a member of the North American Plains Indian tribe called the Pawnees. And if anybody watches Parks and Rec, you know why I like that. Anyway, uh, it's believed by many baseball historians that he was the first full-blooded American Indian to play 
in the big leagues. That was back in 1921 at Redland Field, chief yellow horse of the Pittsburgh Pirates. But I thought it was interesting to note, he was from the Pawnees. So Pawnee is actually something real, but it's not a town in Indiana. Did I spoil that for somebody? Anyway, whatever. That's going to do it for us here today on the Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Tomorrow, we're going to break down this Reds-Indians series, and we are going to do some Jeff's junk mail. I've already got a bunch of different questions and reactions to what the Reds have been doing here recently. Make sure you get yours in, too, at 513-549-0159, or hit me up on Twitter, at Jeff Carr with three Fs and at Locked On Reds. But that's going to do it for us here today. Like I mentioned earlier, make sure you're following the podcast. That way you don't miss anything I've got for you this season. But I will talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.